drunk Eric Curtis here. What you're going to hear today on the Minifan Show is Scott Neary from Buffalo Wild Wings. Just a little disclaimer, Buffalo Wild Wings is not paying for this spot. They're not an advertiser of the Minifan Show, although they're welcome to advertise if they would like. We have Scott on because he's an interesting guy. He's a huge Minifan. He's a business person who advertises with the station and has lots of great insight. It's a little bit different, although it feels like lately we've been saying it's a very different show, but I think it's something you're really going to enjoy. Welcome to a super fan roundtable on the week's events in the world of Kirk Menahan. This is the Menafan Show. From these this Menafan Show podcast, which uh, Mark Hannon's balls and drunk Eric Curtis. Yeah, we got the 40-year-old virgin. Hey, it's drunk Eric Curtis. It is the Menafan Show, where we talk all things Kirk. I got my buddy here, MHB, John, John in Pennsylvania. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm recovering nicely from my injury, my devastating injury the other day. Uh, Roger Goodell did not attack me, um, but might as well have. I was attacked by a laundry hamper, um, but I'm recovering nicely, and I'm, I'm glad to be here. Do you got a chiropractor? I, I, you know, I don't have a chiropractor. What I do have is uh, some icy, uh, icy hot patches, and I've that been putting those too. things on like crazy. And I, I think by this point, it's kind of like a chemical burn on my back because I've been putting so many on. So I don't know. I may be scarred for life, but it's it's pretty numb back there. <laughs> so I think I think I'll be okay. Yeah, those are the back injuries are just the worst, and it doesn't matter whether you're old or young. It's it's not an age related thing. I'm telling that because I'm older, but. That is what it is. I'm sorry to hear that. Hey, you know, we'll be okay. But we've got we got more important things to talk about. We've got an excellent guest here on the show, somebody who has been with WEI, has been a fan of Kirk, has been a huge supporter of the show. I'm super excited about our guest today. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I can't I can't believe that Scott Neary is hanging out with us. He reached out, said, I got some things that I want to talk about. And I'm like, yes, please come on in. So, Scott, Welcome. Well, I, thank you, guys. And with an introduction like that, I have a feeling everybody's going to be disappointed. I'm not sure I can live up to that, but thank you very much. That's uh, that's excellent. No, you started talking about some stuff off the air that I had to put my hand up and said, we got to stop this here because you're going down a road that's going to be interesting. So we'll, we'll save it for when we're recording, which is what we're doing now. And believe me, you know, we'll pull the old Kirk Minahan trick of him saying, that's not what you said off the air. That's not what you said <laughs> off the air. We, we'll pull that trick here. So I guess, first of all, Scott, I mean, maybe tell us a little bit about yourself uh, for those that aren't on Twitter, because I mean, the thing with this podcast is, you know, be it, it, people, we, we think that it's limited to our followers, but really, you know, there's, there's people that don't even know, aren't even on Twitter that listen to this. So tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do and, and how you fit into this whole picture in regards to WEI and, and Kirk Minahan. Absolutely. Well, I, I've been, uh, I've been in the restaurant business as long as I can remember. My dad owned a restaurant up in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, where I grew up forever. And, um, and, and I've been doing it for a while. I've been doing it almost 10 years now, nine and a half years with Buffalo Wild Wings since we introduced it to the New England area um, mm-hmm. back in 2010, um, early 2010, actually. Um, and uh, regional manager, so I run all the stores out here for our franchise group. There's We put the first three stores here, but I think there's 25 in New England now. I run five of them for our franchise group, the ones closest to the city on the North Shore and then the South Shore corporate-owned stores. But... Um, I'm kind of for our franchise. We're based out of Michigan, but I'm here, so I'm kind of like the do-all guy. So we, I get involved with marketing more than a normal regional manager would um, by necessity. So, and uh, I've had a lot of dealings with WEI and all the stations around, actually. And and um, you know that's how I got to the 
to, to the point of getting together with a morning show. And, and uh, boy, it was a ride. It's been a wild ride so far. I'd love to know. I know a little bit about how you started in the restaurant industry because restauranting is hard. Yeah, it's it's getting harder every day, especially in Massachusetts. But I my my dad uh, was it's it's very strange. My dad was a teacher, uh, and the and uh, he he just decided he didn't want to, they they actually went on strike, and he decided he wanted to do something else. He didn't want to you know he wanted to feed his family, so he went to be in sales. He couldn't stand it, and he ended up buying a small little takeout restaurant and. Where I'm from in Portsmouth, pretty much everybody knows my dad. I was known as Al's boy for the first 15 years of my life, not Scott. So that's one of those things where he, everybody went to his place, and, and he built it up to be something pretty cool. Um, so I just I kind of grew up in that. I went to college in, uh, at Babson College in, in, in Wellesley, and then, and then I came back and uh, uh, just always been in the restaurant business ever since. So it, it's, it's kind of what I know. It's what I like. I do enjoy it still. It is a lot harder than it used to be, though. Sure, because now, now you've got competitors. You've got a, a Jen Royal is starting that restaurant table. Have you been involved in Have you seen any of the conversations on Twitter, the, the Jen Royal uh, hate that she's getting for her yeah, new restaurant? I, I love the, I love a girl that fights back. I think she's awesome. I, I truly can't wait. I'm a foodie myself. I can't wait to go into that place and try it because I'm, I'm sure it's going to be great. Scott, you're going to get in a lot of trouble because uh, I'm a Jen Royal supporter because I'm also somebody who looks at her and says she's had a second career. She was a reporter and out of nowhere becomes a chef. I mean, that, that, that never happens. And I look at anybody who wants to be an entrepreneur like that, that I want to root for that story. But, man, the hate that she gets, I guess I just don't understand. So. Well, you know why? Cause, because she's, she does what all restaurant owners, I mean, I've had my own place before and many of the people that I know have, and, and the hate, the, 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 the courage with which she fights back is, is what we all want to do. But, you know, some of us aren't, and sometimes people aren't in position to do that. They, they have to bite their tongue and nod their head and say, yes, sir, no, sir, to, to the guests when she's in, you know, she's in the situation, she's confident enough in, in her food and in her business and in her name that, that she can do that and still, still win everybody over. And, you know, and, and I, I think that's terrific. I just think it's great. And I think things are taking a turn for her because she went after Reamer and Twitter hates Reamer more than they hate Jen. Oh. So well, I think, I think things are taking a turn. I think well, that, well that's easy to do, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's easy to, it's easy to gang up on Reamer, but, but, but yeah, it, it, I, I think that helped her out a little bit. So let's let's shift gears here back to the to, to the morning show uh, and WEI. Um, how long were you, Scott, personally a listener to? I guess Dennis and Callahan, and then Kirk and Callahan. Were you from the start? How long were you were you were you a fan or a listener before even you were a sponsor? I, I I've been listening. I listened to John and Jerry for for years, um, for for years in the morning, and it's just I just kind of fell into listening to them and, and way back in the, in the days where they, yeah, I remember, I remember Jerry, I mean, I'm 51 years old, so I remember Jerry on, um, uh, on, on the big show. And I remember, I remember him coming over and I'm, I'm a big fan of, of, uh, of good sports writers, the actual day. We don't have very many anymore, but yep. really talented sports writers. And I thought Jerry always was one. Um, and, uh, and, and so I was excited to listen to him and he and John together, I thought were fantastic for many years. And, they kind of went into a lull, and and it's, it's, I mean, it's easy to see what Kirk did to the show when he came onto it, and uh, I, I just I never stopped listening. So I've been there from the beginning to the through through all three versions of it. Truly, I was back in. I started the I joined listening to them about 2008 because my buddy moved up there, and he goes, "Dude, there's these two guys on sports radio. They are not liberals. You got to check these guys out." <laughs> not liberals is is, is is a really nice way to put it. I love it. <laughs> 
And so I, I listened to the first part of the Obama administration, and then they stopped talking about politics, and then everything kind of blew up, and then Menahan came in kind of out of nowhere, and they caught lightning in a bottle. Well, Same yeah, if you, and you, if you remember, Kevin Winter first went in there. and I remember. And even, even, when, even for a guy that's not a radio guy like, like I'm clearly not, um, you could tell that just wasn't, you know, because Meter was great. Meter was, he fit perfectly with those two because he, he played the third fiddle without question. And, and you didn't know, you knew Kevin didn't want to do that, but he also, uh, you know, he, he also wasn't good enough to, to do what Kirk did. So it was, it was, uh, it was a very good move by he had getting rid of him as quickly as they did and mo- moving Kirk in. And boy, it was just, it was, it was easy to tell it was going to work right from the beginning. Awesome. So as a station advertiser or a sponsor, what type of communication is being sent to you by the station during initial emailing campaign by the activist and then later during Kirk's hiatus? Well, we didn't get a lot to be honest with you. I think the, the, I think the, um, I don't know this, but I, my only educated guess can be is that the station was on a react basis, not a, not a, uh, uh, they, they weren't on the offensive. They were reacting to when people called them because we didn't get a lot until it got out of hand a little bit. Um, and, they kind of said something to us, kind of like, hey, did you get, uh, you guys know, you know, one of those type of things, we were walking around the facts of it. And, and uh, the beautiful part for me is, is that I'm sure the, the activist was sending emails to corporate because that's what everybody does. And the greatest thing about Buffalo Wowings is the division between the franchisee and the, and the corporation is uh, – a Grand Canyon size. They they say here you go. Now the the only thing they're gonna do with a letter like that is go here you go, and send it to us, and we literally crumpled it up and threw it in the trash. Oh, that's great. You've got a little uh, specific folder for them that they called it the the shred bin where you can yeah. get rid of that. I mean, literally never been answered, never been you know nothing. It's 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 just been ignored since day one. That's great because I know Kaplansky Insurance also um, when they were getting the emails they stood up, but then there were unfortunately other sponsors, and I heard it rumored to me that WEI loss could have up to be millions, but I'm not sure if that figure it's is accurate. Definitely over millions. Yes. Really. Um, yeah. So so I, that is accurate than what I heard, and and I know they lost Wendy's, I think uh, Comcast as well. They lost um, during mm-hmm. this whole ordeal, so a, a lot of they did lose a lot of revenue. So something just to jump in for a second, because we were talking about this off the air, because we were talking about we don't want to put you in a bad position where you're going to hurt anything or if there are people who don't want you to talk. Why don't you just kind of share that story of who you recently talked to about what you're allowed to talk about, what you're not? Well, sure. I I spoke when I when I was um, uh, when we got when we scheduled this, I I reached out to Kirk. I said, hey, listen, I'm going to be doing this podcast. Um, You know, he's aware of it, clearly. Um, and, uh, I had, I had funny, I, I just had lunch with him the day before I listened to the podcast. Um, a friend of mine and I, uh, had, had lunch with him that we played in the Jimmy Fund golf tournament with him. Um, and we just got together for lunch. And, and the first thing I asked him, I, I said, I said, you, uh, I asked him just offhand, I go, do you know, it? just, do you know any of these guys that have, and he just, you could tell he was a, it was an uncomfortable giggle. <laughs> He's like, no, no, I try to, I just try to keep my distance. He goes, I, he goes, I love, I love reading the stuff. He goes, but it's got nothing to do with me. You know, it was one of those things where you could tell that was the only answer I was going to get. And so I knew that was the only question I was going to give him about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've never, I've never heard from him at all. He finally followed me, which I look at as, boy, that's a, that's a wonderful pelt to have. I've, I've never heard from him. I'm, I'm just a fan. And I saw a gap here that when he was on hiatus, nobody was talking about this stuff. And I'm of the opinion, well, if nobody's going to do this and it needs to get done, 
I guess I have to do something. And, and John's just a bulldog. Well, yeah, and I think I think that's I think that's what he sees, and he you know he mentions to, he mentions to, to anybody who listens, he'll he'll do it on Twitter as well. But he you know he mentioned us at that lunch. He goes the loyalty and the um, that the fans of the show and the fans of him and the fans of what happened. You know, I, I think there's three different. There's the fans of the show. There's fans of Kirk, and then there's kind of like you know I'm I'm kind of all three. The fan of the fans of hey I don't want this this happening to anybody, no matter who did it, no matter who's getting. I don't you know whether you were. So a show I liked or a show I didn't like, you know, essential, essentially blackmail is not something I'm a big fan of. Yeah, and I'm not sure if you saw the emails, but I mean, some of the stuff in there was pretty slanderous. I mean, I know at one point uh, no. he he talked about when Kirk went on with Portnoy, and obviously Portnoy got into trouble for posting pictures of Brady's kid, you know, years ago. Yep. And, and I guess Kirk made a joke about it, and he intimated, "Oh, do you want you want a host talking about children's bodies this way?" I mean, there's a clear implication there that he's trying to a picture he's trying to paint. And I just I didn't appreciate it, and I viewed him as a bully. Um, and you know, and and you know, I know that you and I talked about this. Scott as well, you know, when, when somebody's bullying somebody and, and they're in a position of power, especially like this, the thing with this guy is that he is in a position of power when you're harassing advertisers and, and, and it's just, it's not a good situation. And it feels like, you know, it just doesn't sit right with a lot of people. And I think that's why there's been such a response to it. Absolutely. And it's, and it's, you know, it's, it's the way the world is right now with, with, with politics, no matter which side of the fence you sit on, um, you see right now people's people name calling and, and belittling and doing things because you don't agree with them. Um, you know, the, the discussion and discourses, that's all gone out the window. It, it's, it's not, it's certainly not something for the radio on a radio show. I mean, can you imagine if this happened when Stern was getting big? I mean, this is, this is un, unthinkable. I think about it all the time with Stern because I was a big Stern listener from the early mid nineties, all the way up to the early serious days and the stuff that he used to do there's stuff that he doesn't do now that he would have in the past and it's probably a good idea that he didn't but holy cow the activist would have gone nuts on this guy for the things that he was saying i mean yeah i mean times have just changed for for soul you can't even compare the two but but it's just mind it's mind-blowing to me that you just that i don't understand the idea of not just changing the channel i just don't get it yeah me too um, let's um, let's circle back. So we we had talked about the whole Kirk Menahan hiatus, and then you really didn't hear anything as a sponsor, as an advertiser. You guys didn't hear anything. Um, I'm curious, Scott, behind the scenes, did you personally contact EEI and and work behind the scenes? Like, did you call them up and be like, "Listen, guys, what's going on here? Uh, what are these emails I'm getting?" Uh, or even during the Kirk hiatus, did you say, "Hey, where's Kirk?" And and what what what's what sort of answers did you get at that time? I'm really curious about that. Absolutely. Well, I, let me back up just a half a second. So when this first thing first came out, I didn't, again, I didn't directly get the email and they were dancing around it and I, I heard the guys talking about it. So, and then I find out a little more and a little more. And right after that kind of censored podcast, that live, that live, um, yeah. you know, kind of dance around what's going on thing they did on online that you can't find anymore. After that, I called up um, Joe Zarbano and I said to him, I said, listen, is it, would it help if I got on, on the radio and, and told them, how how happy I am with the with the advertising and he goes he says no he says that wouldn't help and I find out why now he didn't want to you know anger this guy anymore he goes that wouldn't help but if you could write a letter just saying it was the easy guys it was the easiest letter I ever wrote I think I sent it to you but it's it's a very simple letter it it just tells the truth of how as an advertiser how, how I couldn't be happier uh, the you know I think that off the last podcast uh, um, with all politics or local. Uh, it, 
you, you found out all the stuff that Jerry and Kirk and, and back when John was on that they did for kids with cancer and, and, and all these other, I mean, you can't, you can't question somebody that does all that in my eyes. You just can't. And you may not like what they say, but you can't question it. And so it was an easy letter to write. So I did that and it was, it was, it was really, really well recepted at, at EEI from the salespeople to the, to the talent on air. Um, and it, it was kind of, it was good for a while. And then the hiatus came that we're talking about. And I reached out to Kirk after I, when he, when I first found out what was going on, I just sent a quick text, you know, I mean, I listen, let me get, and make sure I'm clear on this. I am not, you know, Kirk Minahan and I are not buddies. Um, we, we were kind of business associates who I consider uh, a really good guy. We played golf, we've had lunch or something, but we you know, were acquaintances. And I would, you know, as I say in the letter, I think I, I, I consider it an honor to be both those guys' friends. I'm just not. I'm just, you know, acquaintances that I can say, hey, how you doing? And they can say hello back to me type thing. Um, but when, so I reached out to him and said, hey, I hope, I hope everything's well. If you need anything, let me know. That's all we said. And then, as it, as it went on and he got, he get, he was getting back, I sent him a text, I hear you coming back soon. He goes, yeah, I think so. I, I think everything should be good pretty soon of uh, going in for a meeting today. And then I hear four or five days later, he's still not back. And then you hear this. and you hear, So I reached out to Joey Zarabano. And I said, I said, what's going on? Is he coming back in? And he goes, well, it's, he says, uh, I think so. Just not sure yet. And then I kind of didn't get much in communication wise. So I don't know whether that was because they didn't know or they didn't know what direction they were going or because he was muted. I don't know. Let me tell you this. When I was in contact, you know, working on the, the pieces I was writing for All Politics is Local, the, 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 the messages I was getting were that he's going to be back. Now he's not going to be back. Uh, you know, oh, the, you know, it, it seemed to change day to day. People that were close to the station, people that were close to that had that had spoken with Jerry would say, hey, you know, Jerry said, oh, he's coming in for a meeting today. Everything's going to be good. And then next thing you know, um, I'm getting messages saying, you know, that uh, that, you know, that Kirk stormed out um, because of, uh, that they wanted him to sign that piece of paper. And that's when the infamous tweet that Kirk sent out where he said the meeting lasted something like what, what you know, 36 seconds. Seconds or some ninety six seconds, and and the reason was is because they in that that was the meeting that they said here's this gag order here's the list of the fifteen things you cannot talk about and you have to sign it and and that's when Kirk said no nah, not going to happen I think that was the the final nail in the coffin um, for him not coming back um, absolutely and I, I will say I, if I could add this I think what he said and he said it on air at the show in his in his last visit to the show I, I think what you know what he and Jerry argued about. I think Kirk's 100% right on. I think whatever he said, they would keep coming back with more and more and more. I think the end game was to make this somehow make it look not his fault, but make it look like it just couldn't happen. It wasn't conceivable to happen. That's just my guess. Um, everybody knows you, you have to be blind to know the success that they had and the, and the, and the troubles they're having now um, without him. You know, and, and not just without him, guys, but with, with the format that they've decided to go with. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's the difference. And, and you know, some guys, those guys couldn't have, may not have done the job that Kirk did, but if they kept the same form, Jerry's excellent, you know? And if, if Jerry was allowed to be Jerry, the show would still be really strong. He's just not. He's not allowed. Yeah, it's becoming a it's a sports centric show now, and that's exactly what was pitched on that that piece of paper, that contract, and that's what they're doing. And you know, we we know that it's not as good. I'm sure that they, those guys would want to be doing the show the way that it used to be. 
but you know, right now they're hamstrung, and it, it's a shame because it was such a great show. Let, let me ask you this, Scott: Are, are you still advertising? Are, are are you guys still a sponsor of WEI? We we are. We we have a, a, a um, uh, kind of a strange situation in 2019 where we were purchased. There was a public company for years, and we were purchased um, uh, by Inspire Brands last year. Because no longer publicly traded. We're now a private company, and we have a, actually a brand new launch coming out in March with the whole new direction of the of the brand and everything, which is, is actually is fantastic, um, and we're really looking forward to it. But because of that, our budget and our fiscal year kind of doesn't really start till March. So we, we normally have all the numbers in January. Um, we we have the numbers coming up here in the next month, but we have already just you know we're a local marketing group. In other words. There are three different franchises plus the corporate stores that get together. Um, they have a certain amount of everybody has a certain amount of stores in a certain amount of skin in the game, and we all decide on the one message where it's going to be played, etc. And last year it was it was EEI the morning show with Kirk as, as the as the guy. We did a little bit with the Red Sox, but um, and then we did a little bit with a with a different station that Intercom had. And uh, this year we we decided early that we were going straight sports and straight. Um, you know, that, that men, demographic men, 18 to 35, and women, uh, actually many and women, 18 to 35, and grab, grab that group. And so we stayed with EEI. We did switch shows. Um, well, we're planning on it, so we haven't done anything yet. But the, the agreement was we're going to switch shows. We believe we're going to the afternoon. We do not know who the, uh, who the guy will be yet. Um, so that's still working around. But we also have taken away the other station from Enacom and have kind of earmarked that money that money for Kirk's show. You said the afternoon. You don't know the guy yet. Are you talking about um, a different station or the uh, WEI? Are you talking? Oh about- no, yeah, de- so I'm sorry, WEI. We don't know whether whether um, our spokesperson is going to be uh, uh, Lou or, or, or Christian. Essentially, that, we're gonna we're gonna go with one of those two guys. We've got we've got some in both camps and. We we still got to talk about that a little bit because we still don't know the actual budget yet, so we're waiting on that. So and then and then that and then the money we had earmarked for the other one will be with Kirk on on the uh, on Radio.com. Yeah, that, that's brilliant. Having either Christian or Lou do that, thinking about that, that's that's exactly the type of person you want as your spokesperson to talk to the people who are going to come come drink beer and eat wings. Yeah, and and, and it was it was uh, you know it was it was clear that the uh, you know with the direction Buffalo Wild Wings is going going to the that demographic that we're trying to hit, um, it, it, those two guys are both are both easy, uh, easy, easy picks for us. Like the hard part is deciding on one of them. Yeah, I agree. I mean, both of those guys you'd want to drink a beer with. They're definitely both guys that you that come across as genuine and cool, and somebody that would be fun that fits that atmosphere. I'm curious uh, if there's anything that you could tell us about Kirk's new show. Anything you're comfortable sharing or even if it's just your guess, right? If it's stuff that you like want to see. What 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 do you think? What are you anticipating as a advertiser getting out of the content from Kirk's new show? Well, I I, I will a couple of things. I do I do know that he's hired, you know, I I see a lot of rumors as Twitter is the land of rumors obviously, but I see a lot of rumors what are the odds that Kirk's show doesn't have a go? I can tell you in my brief discussions with him that he is excited about the show that the, the fact that he's talking about the show um, is not is not it's not a delay tactic he's genuinely excited about starting he goes it was clearly a time when he was you know wishy-washy about it like oh is it going to happen am I, am I going to be I think he's gung-ho I think he can't wait to start I really do and I think he saw a little bit of 
you know, really raw stuff when he was at that down at the Super Bowl, and and just even when he was, it was just you know, the periscoping with his, with his iPhone, and 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 he steals the week, and and it was it was a disaster for ten minutes, and then the next thing you know, he steals the week with the whole Goodell thing, and, and it's just. I mean, he's a talented guy. It's just, it is what it is. He's a, he's a talented guy that knows. Guy what... with an iPhone by himself, eating at Chipotle, just walking around, going up to Charlotte Wilder. Oh, I mean, it was just, it was, it was one of those things I cringed, and I knew he was going to do it. I didn't. I mean, I, I, I guessed when he went up to Charlotte Wilder, and he just, and he asked how, how, what's your name's doing. I just, I, and I, I'm sitting in the car driving, and I cringed, and I loved it. I loved every second of it. You know, and it, it's just that's what makes him good. I know he was uh, he was understood he understood why those two guys stayed uh, you know Kirk, uh, those two guys stayed in um, uh, Kirk and, I'm sorry Chris and Ken stayed at, at the at the station um, I think he was clearly hoping Ken would come I mean Ken's the best producer in radio right now so he was he was clearly hoping he'd come but he's he understood he I don't think he has any ill feelings that way going that way at all but and I, I think he's really happy with who he's got. As for the show, he doesn't he doesn't have a lot of I think it's I think that's the best thing. I don't think he has he's got a plan in his head, but I don't think it's it's written down. I don't think it's going to be structured, which I think is what we all want. I, I think back to um, the way that Kirk did those summer shows with with Tangway and some of those shows where they would hit the post and there was there, you know it was just kind of them goofing off and so those are some of the best shows they were light they were fun and then conversely I think of shows like the Ron Borges show which was also <laughs> the opposite end of the spectrum but equally as entertaining and gripping they're both great radio and I think if he can somewhere marry those two where some days it's light and some days it's it's fun and then some days it's more investigative and and behind the scenes I think that he's going to have a success, but I think that's the dynamic is, is you have to find, you know, I would, I would me personally as a listener, those are the two, I would guess the two polls that I think about the, uh, the, the Tangway summer shows and the Ron Borges intense shows, um, or the Cullen expose shows. I mean, those are really the two extremes. And I think that either one of those is fine, but ideally for me, I'd like to see a back and forth. Well, and I, I think that's exactly what it is. And I think that's exactly what the show, the morning show now is missing. Um, I, I think you had the you had the, the people there that had the ability. No matter who was with John and Jerry, you had the ability. I'm sorry. I imagine I just said that. No matter who was with Kirk and John uh, and Jerry, uh, he'll kill me for that. I'll edit it out. <laughs> Thank you. No matter who was with Kirk and Jerry, um, they could take the the goofiness of us of a. There's no news today. Let's let's make fun of somebody and let's have a great time. Or they could they could hit hard with like you said with Cullen or or the Globe or any of that stuff and and do it if not equally more impressively and and they can if you can do both I think Kirk's the Kirk's the guy that he's going to get something done if there's a story going on that he can sink his teeth into he's I mean it's clear he's going to do that and people will tune in for that but they won't tune out if it's not because you know he's going to have fun on those other days I think that's I think that's what that that show now is missing and I think that is. Uh, um, that's clearly what what they lost when they lost him. They have some miscast parts. That's what the issue is, and I feel terrible for Mutt. I feel terrible for Jerry because I think they got put in a bad situation. They're not both of them are not a right fit for that, and I think Mutt in the position he's in is not in the right fit. And I just feel I feel bad for them both that there's a lot of just bad situations that people get put into. Under circumstance, the other issue with Radio.com that I never really understood why people thought this wasn't going to happen 
This is an Entercom's interest to make this a success, to do something with Radio.com, because right now it's, it's pretty much nothing. If you could squeeze some listenership above what they expect with Kirk, it's a huge success for that platform, which I, I don't think they're going to spend a lot of money on the platform there. If they can make it into something, this is a brand new stream that they're creating. So the leadership there has nothing but incentive to make this show work. Right. And I, and I don't know. I will tell you that's, that makes perfect sense. And I, I will tell you, I know this didn't come from Kirk and I don't know how true it is. I just know it came from somebody at the station is the exact quote was they're sinking a lot of money into that show. So mm. if they're sinking a lot of money in that show, I think that's exactly the end game right there. I mean, listen, when we, when we met last year with our agency, a huge agent, ad agency that does our, our buys for our local marketing group with Buffalo Wild Wings, um, last year they pushed a little bit of digital on us and we got a little digital in this and, and we went with mostly radio. This year, you know, with the amount of information that an agency and then the, the actual company can get from digital, it's insane. And, yeah. and it's so much cheaper and it reaches now so many more people than it used to. Still radio reaches more, but digital is coming hard and fast. And, and I think you know, we're doing much more in digital this year even before Kirk's show goes, than we would have last year. And that's the future. I would imagine that you can also really pinpoint who's listening much better than a people meter. If somebody's online by nature, you can track it right, probably right down to where this guy is listening from, how old he is, is this a male or female? The, the amount of information is mind boggling. It really is. And there's four or five companies around the country that, that are the main players in that. And they all, uh, we're, we're, we're presenting to our agency of which one we're going to go with and, and we will have the best one doing it. And, we, and yeah, the amount of information that we're going to get from those people, we'll be able to target just exactly what we want. It's, it's, it's why digital is, is so hot right now. Yeah, absolutely. With the wave of new media, something like this podcast couldn't have really happened 10 years ago. Uh, now everything's kind of been turned on its head, which is why I think that, that the radio.com thing is going to be a success. Yeah, and you know, Scott, the cool thing about this conversation is is that we actually have broken a little bit of news uh, in that Kirk has said and uh, that he's very close to hiring a producer, um, and that Entercom is uh, reportedly spending some money on the show, uh, along with the fact that you guys are planning to sponsor the show, and the show is for sure happening. It really, I hate to see it online when you see, I think SV Callahan put up a poll the other day saying, do you think that the show is going to happen? And and I, I hate to see that because I, I you know, my understanding is that this show is for sure going to happen. I want to talk and, and see if we can back up a half step and talk real quick about how the show almost didn't happen. Um, do you, what what is your opinion on the whole the Boston Globe thing and their influence? Because obviously the activist is one end, but when we talk about a bully, we can also talk about the Globe and maybe even a little bit of how you know the the, the partnership with the Red Sox influenced that. I'm not sure what your thoughts are on on either the Globe or the Red Sox factor and and Kirk uh, Kirk ultimately leaving. Yeah, I mean, I think it's I, a lot of it. A lot of my information I've gathered is from Twitter. A lot of it is from people at EEI, not so much Kirk, but people at EEI that I speak with. And and I think it's just you know, adding one plus one equaling as long as the one plus one equals two, then this is this is what I believe is that I think the activist caused the issues, and he he you know lost the 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 the, uh, the, the radio station millions of dollars. I don't think there's any question about that. However, they were still, they had fought through that and they were doing well still and they were still number one and things were going well and, and they were starting to get some of those 
some of those advertisements back, if if not new ones. Um, I think when I think the Cullen thing uh, really 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 sparked uh, this 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 kind of war, and that, whether it was the Globe and the Red Sox, or if you consider if you're one of those people that consider them the same, I happen to. I understand if you don't. I happen yeah, to consider yeah. them the same. Um, if you do, then it, I, I just I'm I'm one of those guys that walks like a duck and talks like a duck. It's a duck, and to me, I just think that some. I just makes sense to me that that they didn't want him there anymore. You know, and and they, and like it or not, that man has a lot of power. And Kirk has gone on the record basically saying that after the Colin incident, Shirley contacted him and said, you know, I'm going to get you for that one. Right. Yeah. So and, and then, you know, it's also pretty, pretty well known that there's a connection between the activists and Shirley. Obviously, there's, you know, the Globe is also owned by John Henry, who owns the Red Sox. And Sam Kennedy is, you know, a big part of the partnership between the Red Sox and the station. Sam Kennedy, it's, it's very well known. Just listen to Kirk's interview with him last year at spring training. And, and you'll know about, you know, that there's no lost love between those two guys. They definitely uh, they, they definitely uh, aren't the best of friends. So, like you said, you, you kind of add the puzzle pieces together, and, and it really is that simple that there were just these three really you know powerful groups or, or entities that didn't like Kirk, wanted him off the radio, and and you know ultimately succeeded for now, I guess is what I would say, for now. Right. Because come March, I think people are underestimating what he can do on this platform. I agree. I, th- I think if, if patience is had, um, I think you're going to see – uh, a long run. I really, I really do. And, and I, and I think that at the end of the day, people, people seem to f- tend to forget, or the, the average listener, I think, tends to forget is, Enercom is huge. I mean, huge isn't even the right word, right? And they, they can, they, they, do they care that their ratings are taking a huge hit? Of course they do. They're businessmen, you know, or business people. Of course they care. But in the end, it's a tiny little dent in what they do, um, and. In their eyes, it's just, uh, you know, it's kind of like a, a, a signing a 32-year-old pitcher. You know he's going to be terrible when he's 36, but as long as you get him from 32 to 35, you're fine. That's kind of what Enercom is doing with, with EEI right now in my eyes. They're just, okay, we'll, we'll survive this, and it's cyclical, and we'll get somebody back that will be just as hot, and we'll go. In the meantime, we're going to take it on the chin. And they can afford to do that. Who can't afford to do that are the people who were advertising with them, especially the mom and pops, guys like Kaplansky and 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 the and, and uh, Milton's and you know the the guys that only have two or three places and 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 they're spending a lot of money on every you know, advertising on the radio is not cheap, and uh, especially on a big station like like EEI. And if you get that and you don't get the number of people listening that you used to, it shows. It hurts. Have you seen a change in the advertising rates with this? At what point do you get charged a certain amount and then the ratings change? And it's either up or down. I'm just kind of curious of the, the business model around what you're charged and how. Um, the actual model itself, I don't know. I know because we are, I tend to be a little uh, in a little better position than most people because we're such a big company. Even though it's funny, we, we get that we have the kind of the buying power of Buffalo Wild Wings, even though we're only a a local marketing group. With a, I only have five stores and. Uh, another guy has two, and another, you know, the corporate has six, and there's only 25 stores in the market. So it's not like we're this huge 1,200 store chain that we are um, buying on ABC or something or, or CBS. But we, are, we we do have that name recognition, which helps in the end. They say, hey, Buffalo Wild Wings advertises with us. It's 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 a good thing. So we get kind of a break with that. I do know that not much has changed. I, I think it's something usually something has to happen. I uh, I use the other station across the street for for. Uh, 
an example, when we first moved here, when we were the only game in town before the other franchisees came and the corporate stores came, we used to advertise with them at the beginning because they were the cheaper version. They were the up-and-comer trying to knock off the big guy. And we couldn't afford EEI back then. Um, and then that about, you know, probably about six, seven years ago, that switch. And 98.5 became the big guy. And, well, and, uh, and, and now EEI didn't really become a little guy. They're always been income, but they were more affordable. And they did a nice job of keeping it, keeping it there, even when they were number one. Um, so that was a good thing. So we never had to worry about that too much. I know I, it probably, I probably speak out of turn. No, there's probably a lot of people that could, that did, but it just didn't affect us. So I'm not really sure I can talk about it. Knowledgeably I just feel enough. bad for the, I feel bad for the account executive who's handling accounts like this. Cause you look at Kirk and Kirk and Jerry are, are well compensated. But there's just some schlub in the back who's making commission. He's got to call these people. He's got to make his sales quota. And if some ass is out there writing letters, that's the guy who gets hurt. Yeah, and the, uh, yeah, I just I just met with those with my two my two reps, and I couldn't tell you, just terrific people, terrific people, and do a lot for us, and and uh, do a lot for me, and do a lot for us, and and they and you can just tell that they don't they don't want you know same thing they don't want this this is ridiculous they, you know they were flying. <laughs> they were flying in first place. It's easy to sell in that. And now, and now you've got all this stuff going over. The last thing is selling's hard. Selling radio, selling time is hard to do to begin with. And if anybody hasn't ever done it, they should try it just to, just to see. It's not a fun game. And if you're good at it, you don't want to have somebody knock you down a ladder a few pegs. And that's kind of what happened. You know, all over a, a, a grudge, I think, was covered very, very adeptly by you guys a, a couple of podcasts ago. I have a kind of a question that's not related but sort of related i always like to ask people that are you know associated behind the scenes at eei because obviously there's so many stories and histories over the years is there anything any crazy story or anything anything funny that that we might not know that might not be it doesn't have to be damning or anything but any any funny story or anything that we don't know that's not public that listeners don't know about either someone on the station or wei in general um you know a story that gets tossed around but isn't really you know public knowledge um i well i I don't have one about the state. I can tell you a, a funny, a funny story. I think Kirk alluded to it after the EEI um, telethon, not telethon, excuse me, uh, Jimmy Fund golf tournament. He mentioned it real briefly, but it is, it, I, I just, we, we laugh, we have a laugh about it all. We just had lunch with the gentleman, buddy of mine that was my point guard at Babson, a terrific kid, terrific guy. He's in the booze business as a VP of sales and we were playing golf and, and he, we were talking and Kirk kind of, you know, there's four of us there, and plus Kirk, and we're playing in the tournament. We're having a good time, and the longest day of all time. They weren't kidding. It was like a six and a half hour round. It was it was it was horrible, and the hottest day of the year. So we're playing, we're having a good time. But in about the 14th hole, Kirk's kind of looking at my buddy Derek, kind of eyeballing him and looking at him, and and very quiet. You don't know if he's having a hard time or what. If he's having, a, if he, Jesus, is he, are we boring this guy? What's going on? And then Derek says something to one of the other guys about a basketball camp and how he was a counselor. And Kirk pops up, jumps off the golf cart. He goes, and if I'm going to, if terrible, I'm going to wreck the story because I forgot the name of the camp, but it was in the Cape. He goes, were you, were you, did you used to work so-and-so camp? And Derek goes, yeah. And Kirk goes, how about this year? And he says a year. And Derek goes, yeah, I'd have been like 17 or 18. Yeah. And then he goes, you were my coach. He goes, and you, and you, and you made fun of me because I was cocky, and you called, you called me Phil Collins and John McEnroe because I was losing my hair at 14. <laughs> <laughs> and, and to know the guy 
to know the guy that he was talking to, Derek, he, it's it's a hundred percent that he said that. A hundred percent that he, that he was the one giving the hard time, and and we just had we just have a, we have a laugh about it every time we talk about it, and it was just it's just funny. In fact, Derek, Derek picked up the, Derek picked up the check at lunch the other day and looked at Craig and goes, "Hey, now we're even." And Craig goes, "Not even close." <laughs> That's great. That's exactly what I was hoping for. That's awesome. I'm, I'm glad you shared that. That's a great story. I know that Kirk alluded to it, but not in that detail. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah, it was, we had a good time. We've had, a, we've had a good time with that going forward, but we've had a good time with it that day. That was for sure. Um, I guess the other, only other thing I'd want to ask from, from my end, and DEC, feel free to jump in anything else after this, is for, for, for listeners, especially local listeners, how can, how, can we support, how can we support you guys? Obviously, you guys have been supportive to Kirk. You know, where are the locations? What can we do to support you guys? Absolutely. Well, there's, there's 25 locations in New England, um, and the good news is that all 25 um, support the show and support Kirk. Um, and they've, you know, the one thing I wrote, you know, when I wrote that letter for the sales department, the, the easiest thing I had to write was the fact that, you know, when Kirk and I and I, I use Jerry, too, and when Kirk or Jerry do a read on TV, it's different than somebody else doing it. It's it's they actually believe you actually believe they go there. Kirk used to come to our Kirk brought um, Harry all the time to our Danvers in our Burlington before Burlington opened to our Danvers location. He brought Bradford with him a bunch of times and come in before they go to the to the. Um, uh, to the movies and he'd come in and he, you know, they'd have lunch and dinner and, and, but then they go to the movies. And so he's, he's telling you the truth when he says he goes there. And, and that's the huge difference with those guys. So, um, all 25, all 25 stores kind of realize that it, it was a very easy decision for us to continue that. Um, anywhere you see a Buffalo, I there's, there's eight of them. I'm sorry. There's 11 of them in Massachusetts. The ones that I run are in Saugus, Danvers, Burlington, Lemonster, and Shrewsbury. Um, if you're in any of those, feel free to come in, say hello, ask for me if I'm in the stores. I'm in one of those stores every day. So feel free to say hello. And, and I'd love to know that if, in fact, if you do it, go to the general manager at any store you go to and say that you, you were listening to either this podcast or, or EEI or somebody say, Hey, I just thought I'd let you know, this is the reason why we're coming in. We always love hearing the feedback. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm not far from one in Manchester, Connecticut. It's not yeah, far from yeah. me. I know the people who run that. Very good people. They, they, uh, they're based out of Burlington, Vermont, but they're terrific people. I'm in uh, Philadelphia, but my folks are up in, in, in Boston. Uh, you know, they're, they're still there, and I, I visit all the time, so I'll make sure to come into one of those locations next time I'm up there. Terrific. Love to have you. Now, you made this very easy, Scott. We had some prepared questions, and you are an awesome interview because we just asked a simple question, and you just go. And <laughs> anybody who's going to be a guest, take notes. The one thing you want you don't have to worry about me and ask ask anybody that's spend more than five minutes with me is I don't shut up. So sometimes it's a bad thing, but on, on in a format like this, it usually works out pretty well. Hey, and we appreciate you coming on. Can't say it enough. I mean, this was this was great insight behind the scenes, and you know some great news and really encouraging for anybody out there that's doubting you know whether or not this Kirk show is going to happen. You've heard it right here, straight from from one of the sponsors that that uh, that this show is is indeed going to happen. That the wheels are in motion, and that we can expect to hear Kirk uh, back on the radio, even on radio.com uh, very soon. So again, uh, Scott, thanks so much for coming on. This was awesome. Anytime, guys. Glad, thanks for having me, and uh, anytime. All right. Yeah, anytime.